hej och välkomna till Tullpodden. Med mig i studion har jag David Cairns som är Storbritanniens ambassadör i Sverige. Välkommen David. Hej, tack för inbjudan. Vad gör egentligen en ambassadör? Jag är här för att representera Storbritannien här i Sverige. Och betyder att alla områden när vi har relationer, till exempel politiker, eller säkerhet, eller handel, vetenskap, kultur och så vidare. Så det är mycket intressant jobb, mycket bred och uh, vi har ambassaden här i Stockholm men också konsulat i Malmö, Göteborg och från nästa månad upp i Umeå. Och idag ska vi prata lite om tull och handel. Det är ju omkring 100 000 svenskar som jobbar och bor i Storbritannien och 1000 svenska företag har dotterbolag i Storbritannien. Hur påverkas de av Brexit? Det är som du sa, det är många som, svenskar som bor i England. Uh, tusen företag som har deras business också i Storbritannien. Och uh, från Sverige, Storbritannien, det, det är en stor marknad. Det är en jätteviktig marknad också. Och det, jag kan säga att det finns kring några no, företag där det finns oro. Hur ska det bli? Uh, vad, kan, vad måste de göra innan vi lämnar EU i mars uh, 2019? Men bland andra som jobbar bara på Storbritanniens inriktmarknad, det finns uh, lite mindre oro. De, de tänker bara om deras business där och uh, om de tänker mer om Storbritanniens ekonomi till exempel. Uh, så vi som ambassaden, vi som Storbritanniens regering och så jag vet att Sveriges regering också, vi har många uh, samtal med företagen som har hand om Storbritannien för att hitta en bra uh, lösning för hur, det ska, hur, det, hur vi ska samarbeta efter 2019. Men många svenskar hoppas ju att Storbritannien och britterna ändrar sig. Finns det någon prognos om att ni skulle ändra er och backa bandet? Uh, jag, hör, jag hörde samma fråga ganska ofta, jag måste säga. Och uh, många svenskarna var uh, chockade att vi bestämde oss för att lämna EU i sommar 2016. Men uh, jag måste säga att det var en folkomrostning. Uh, det var över 70% som rostade. Och eh, det, var, eh, det var ett beslut. Och efter det vi har haft var statsminister Theresa May och eh, Storbritanniens parlament. Vi, vi måste eh, fortsätta med vad Storbritannien har bestämt. Men det betyder inte att vi lämnar våra vänner här i Sverige. Det betyder inte att vi lämnar Europa. Vi, vi ska lämna EU- men vi måste, måste skapa som någonting nytt, ny anknytning till Europa och till EU. Jag tänkte vi går över till engelska. Och David, I'd like to ask you about uh, United Kingdom is one of Sweden's largest trading partners. And uh, the big companies can adopt to the change, but it will be more difficult for small and medium-sized companies. Do you have any advice to those companies and how will they be affected by Brexit? Actually, I, I, I don't completely agree with uh, what you're saying about the large companies. So if you take some of Swedish largest companies, uh, which have uh, manufacturing operations in the UK as well, they, you know, they are concerned that this is going to work well uh, for 
for Swedish companies, it depends on the business. So if they are purely lined up for the UK domestic market, they are perhaps more relaxed about how things will be. Uh, but if they have a lot of cross-border trade, and if that trade is regulated, for example, uh, then they want to know exactly how it's going to work. So I think this is something that affects both large uh, and small and medium-sized size companies. And uh, our advice to them and our advice to UK companies as well is to tell us about your business, tell us what you're worried about, uh, make sure that we have the detail to help them actually to carry on the business as best they can. I read in the news that uh, the House of Commons, uh, our Riksdag in the UK, um, as equivalent to Riksdagen, uh, they, you adopted a new trade and customs law. Can you explain a little bit what that contains? Yeah, so it's not ad- it's not adopted yet, to be clear. But uh, so as part of leaving uh, the European Union, we need to make sure that there is a legal certainty for for everybody on everything that has previously been part of European law. So we have a broad law which is going through Parliament now called the Repeal Bill, and what that does essentially is take everything that is European law and turns it into UK law. And it does it the same second that we actually leave the European Union. So for people, organisations, the government and businesses, they know that there is no legal gap from one moment to the next, from when we're in and to when we're out, so that they can carry on and have that understanding. So what you what you have seen by way of customs is part of that preparation. So we need to make sure that on the whole area of customs and the laws behind our customs operations, that is also in place to be ready to be used the moment we leave the European Union. Uh, what is not clear yet for companies is exactly how is that customs going to work, because that's going to be part of the discussion negotiations from now until the moment we leave. So the, the, so the draft law you have seen sets a framework, but actually some of the detail yet is, is not clear. It's like you will have the same rules as you were part of the customs union to start with, to begin with. You will not have your own quotas and tariffs. Well, that will depend on the on negotiations. And so what we have said by way of trade with the European Union is, uh, I mean, it was, it, was, it was very clear that we would not be able to uh, stay in the single market and also have control of migration. So we accepted that and said, okay, we will leave the single market. Uh, we will leave the customs union. We will put in our own administration to to manage that. But what we want to agree is the closest possible trading relationship with the EU, the smoothest possible customs. Uh, and to do that, you know, there is a lot of work, both preparation, but also negotiation to make sure that's what we put in place. And actually on this, Sweden is an important partner, because Sweden has the border with Norway. Uh, and so uh, Sweden's uh, National Board of Trade, for example, have done a lot of work about how that works. And we are working with them to make sure that what we put in place uh, is actually even smoother and more efficient than that border. Have you visited the border? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have, and so have you know other officials from uh, from the government. Now, so the Sweden-Norway border, of course, it, there is a, 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 a there's no border for movement of people uh, because you have something that predates that. But you so you have customers arrangements for uh, for goods moving across the border. Uh, 
in the same way for us uh, and it, with with uh, the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland, where you had arrangements that predate the European Union, we have to find a way to preserve that. Um, but certainly we, are tr- we will try and learn lessons about digital working, about smooth checks, about pre-checks, as we put in our own customs mechanisms in the UK. There is a risk, of course, that you, there will be a lot of bureaucracy and custom quotas, custom tariffs when you leave the European Union. Um, how can this be avoided? Uh, can it be avoided or is it just a negative consequence of Brexit? Well, we, we hope it can be avoided. So we absolutely hope that uh, there won't be tariffs, for example, uh, for quotas. So uh, so for quotas for from countries that are not within the European Union, so for example with the WTO, uh, we have a, a quota, for example, for say New Zealand lamb uh, to come to the European Union, and, and a lot of that comes to the UK. So what we have proposed there is that you know, the UK will take its share based on historical data, and the EU27 will take their share based on historical data. So if the businesses outside the EU, they shouldn't sort of notice any different patterns in, in trade. Uh, do we expect to see quota-type approaches between the UK and and the EU27? I think we don't. I hope, I hope we don't. And certainly not tariffs. But I read that you will have stricter border controls. You have employed 3,000 people to work in with customs. And now I read in the papers that we'll hire another three to 5,000 customs persons. And then I said, in the worst case scenario, up to 30,000 people, according to a study from Deloitte. So uh, I mean, a lot of the press reporting you're reading is, is press reporting uh, rather than you know, government announcements. So I mean, what I would say is that we so we as a government are preparing to have the best possible agreement with the EU27 and therefore the best possible arrangements for future trade and future customs uh, it is possible that we will fail uh, and it is also possible that it'll take longer to do those than we would like so we have to and actually our EU colleagues as well have to have some preparations just in case it doesn't work as planned, but our plan is absolutely to have the best, smoothest possible arrangements as soon as we leave. Uh, and recently, I think you've probably read talk about transitional arrangements. And in a way, this is a way to prevent a two-stage process. So if you if you can have a transitional arrangement where things carry on largely as you see today, before you go to the new arrangements, that gives people a bit more time to make their preparations as best they can. So I think for business, the main thing that they want is they want to know what it's going to be in the future and they only want to change once. They want to change what they have now to that future. Uh, and we hear that and we'll, we'll try and make sure that's how it works. Mm-hmm. It seems sort of like a good strategy. Uh, there is a, a lot of discussion about uh, a cliff edge and that Swedish companies are afraid that there will be a cliff edge, uh, that the UK will leave uh, the EU without an agreement. Well, as I said, that's not our intention, and I don't think that's the EU's intention either, uh, and it's certainly not the Swedish government's intention. Uh, they, and I think every, all, all the politicians have said, you know, we, uh, the the EU has made this decision to leave. Uh, many countries you know, regret that decision, uh, but it is that's UK's democratic right. Uh, it is in. Uh, everybody's interest for that exit to be as orderly as possible for the citizens of the European Union and also for the businesses of the European Union. And so we all approach that in that spirit. 
Uh, and you know, as well as this from the UK side, what we've also tried to be really clear is you know, we, we will continue to support very strongly you know, European values and uh, we will be a good trusting partner for the EU. It will be different because we'll be outside the European Union. But do we want to be the best partner we can? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there has been said in the British debate there's no deal is better than a bad deal. What, how do you see that? Uh, th- th- that's not the government saying that. No, so you do, I mean, there are some politicians in the UK uh, and, and some media and some individuals who will say that, but that's not the government's position. And we have said we will do the best we can to get the best deal we can. Do we do, we do preparations just in case that doesn't happen? Yes, that that is that is reasonable to do but but we're aiming for success not for a failure uh, what do you think about soft brexit versus hard brexit there is a lot of this uh, talking now that you have either a very good agreement or a soft brexit or that you are just crashing out uh, from the eu without an agreement and will be tariffs and quotas and uh, like a nightmare scenario people talk about soft and hard brexit i think outside people don't know what that means uh, and So for business, uh, the issue is, as you say, tariffs, quotas, regulations. And as I said, our our, our intention is to have uh, as f- free and flowing trade between us and the EU as we can. You know, it's nearly half of our trade goes to the EU. Uh, as, as you said at the beginning, there are a thousand Swedish companies invested in the UK and they want to export to the rest of the world. So we, we absolutely have that in mind. But at the same time, uh, we also want to create business relationships with other countries around around the world. So uh, I think something that's not always understood in Sweden is just how enthusiastic the UK is is to have further trade deals with other countries so with China with India with Japan with the United States and so on uh, and so this is uh, uh, we've been talking about preventing barriers to trade in Europe but for the UK and for UK politics it's also about creating further opportunities for UK trade with the rest of the world it's not christmas yet but if you could ask santa claus for a, an ideal trade agreement what would that look like yeah there, there was once one of these interviews uh, they asked un ambassadors what would you like for christmas and i think the french replied oh i think world peace and the, the american <laughs> replied uh, i don't know end of the cold war and the british uh, ambassador said oh, well, a, a packet of bold sweets would be quite nice so i i won't follow that but you know our our intention for the the eu council which will happen just before christmas Is that we have a we have a uh, we have a good agreement to progress to the next stage of negotiations, talking about future relationships, talking about any interim stages we need to help prepare for that, uh, and that we enter 2018 in a good spirit, in a good spirit of trust, because next next year is going to be you know, a lot of work. I think you said that you know the clock is ticking, uh, and we are trying to achieve something you know not done before with an enormous amount of detail in a very short space of time. So a good spirit between us and the EU27 is absolutely crucial to make that happen. Thank you very much, David Cairns, for for joining us in Tullpodden. Thank you.